You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Here we are, Cordell, week 17. The last two weeks of the season will be divisional games. Potentially could lead to if the Ravens end up winning the division or not. And the first man up is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, uh, thanks to the Oakland Raiders, um, is still have a glimpse of hope in getting a playoff spot. Now, it's very bleak. There's about three teams ahead of them that could get it. But at the end of the day, they are still not officially out of contention, which means I expect them to play some of their best football on Sunday. Had, had they lost a week ago, we would have been seeing a different story. So. Nonetheless, this should be a typical um, traditional matchup of the Ravens and Steelers and seeing how this all plays out. So let's start with offense, Cordell. Um, we know It looks more like Lamar will not be playing on Sunday and Tyler Huntley is going to be the guy under center. Um, you're starting to see fans frankly and um i think a lot of it has to do with well if you know they already are in the playoffs we do know that we don't know the seeding yet but at the very least they're in the playoffs and i think a lot of that has to do with you know is he going to come back at all is he going to come back in the playoffs i mean is he going to be rusty if he comes back in the playoffs a lot of those things but we've also seen a lot of chatter about his work ethic which um has gone from oh he's not showing up 
at um, his treatments. So all of a sudden, oh, he is working hard to come back. So um, the fan base has lost their minds. They don't know what to do with themselves. They're pulling out their eyelashes, uh, pulling out the follicles in their hair on their face is because they have no idea what to believe at this point and whether or not you believe that Cordell I really feel like what Harbaugh said to you because you were the reporter that asked him about um, his PCL injury look they, they have to focus on football and continuously harping about Lamar which I understand let me be clear he is the starting quarterback so you you do want to know an update about where he stands but Harbaugh, at the end of the day, has to has to continue to game plan against a team that he knows very well with a guy that is not as good as the guy that he's playing for. And so I can understand a little annoyance in him in, in that question. Um, but I also understand why the question needed to be asked. So, you know, it's been a, 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 a an interesting 24 hours, I'd like to say, in the Ravens' flock land when it comes to L the Lamar situation. Thanks, Cordell, for staring the pot. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's inevitable. It's impossible to have a Ravens season, especially these last couple of years, without a nice dose of Lamar drama. Um, and it seems like it's happening at the same time of year, the last two years now. Um I, I feel like my whole purpose, honestly, for asking Hobbs about Lamar's injury was because simply we have not gotten any official word on what exactly his injury is. We've seen the reports yep. out of what it what it you know is rumored to be and all that, but everything is just rumors. Everything surrounding Lamar is rumor. So, you know, my thinking is let's just go straight to the horse's mouth. Let's go to Hobbs. And, and granted, it's that time of year. Hobbs doesn't want to answer any injury questions. If you notice, he hasn't given us any updates on Calais Campbell, yep. any updates on Marcus Peters. Marcus like, Peters, yep. You know, so um, I, I, I understand he doesn't want to talk about injuries right now. But considering everything that's going on specifically with Lamar and all the little rumors here and there that, that you're hearing, um, and like you said, some of the rumors are being debunked uh, at the same time while they're getting put out, It's you don't know really know what to believe right now. And people have been asking me about this situation all week, and I've been telling them it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, I'm trying to sort through the trash right now. I'm hearing a combination of a lot of different things, and it just is is – too much, too many different things being said for me to pinpoint exactly what it, what is the truth uh, right now. So I'm just kind of like you've been saying, I, I'm, I'm just along for the ride right now and seeing how this thing plays out because nobody is going to officially say anything. I'm not getting caught up in the rumors because, you know, it's, it's sticky right now. It's, it's, it's a very unique situation, especially when your quarterback is dealing with uh, trying to get a long-term deal with the team. It's always going to be this type of stuff that comes with it. Um, that said, the Ravens are out there with Tyler Huntley. That's who they have at the quarterback position yep. right now. Hate it or love it. Um, and he's going to have to go out there and play maybe his best game to beat this Pittsburgh Steelers team that has a lot to play for on top of this um, being the rivalry that it is. And then it gets flexed to prime time. All eyes are going to be on this game. Both teams are going to come out trying to play hard. Um, one other thing that the, the hard statement about I'm coaching who's out here, it's not the greatest quote to have. I don't think uh, considering what's going on, I understand it. No doubt. He's coaching who's available. He's coaching who's on the field. That goes without saying, uh, but 
it it doesn't sound great to your fan base um, when it's already rumors that Lamar is kind of alienating himself from the team and things like that. And it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It's I, I, I feel like these coaches and players sometimes they go out their way to try to say nothing and they end up giving us something, you know? Um, and I think that's what ended up happening right there with Hobbs. I feel like Hobbs was trying to not say anything. And in the course of not trying to say anything, he said something. Um, and it, and it, whether he means it or not, it comes the, pers- the, the way it comes off is we're, you know, whatever Lamar's not here. It's whatever. We're not dealing with that. We're going with, who we have out here at our disposal. And it, like I said, it just it just doesn't sound right, I think, right now when people are conflicted on what to believe right now. That adds a little feel to the fire for me. Yeah, and I, I, look, he kind of did the same thing with Ronnie Stanley. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Ravens are never going to tell you um, information. That might be something that, you know, he has taken out of a, a page of Bill Belichick's book in terms of like not being transparent about injuries. I mean, they're not the only ones that do it. Other teams don't really do it either. And, you know, this is just who he is. Now, I, do I agree that that was that that was an answer that he should have said? No. But John Harbaugh is who he is. He's not going to change because you or me or anyone else doesn't like it. You know what I'm saying? That's who he's always been. This is not started with Lamar. And let's not act like it has. It's Lamar's just the latest dude that he's done this to in terms of when you ask a question, he kind of gets annoyed by the question and gives this snarky answer, right? Always been that guy. Nothing has changed. Um, but but you the problem is is that you know you have a fan base that is was told, I don't know by who, but you know, Dookie Houser uh MD social media has come up with the ideal that a PCL injury is one to three weeks. The problem is we don't know what level of strain that his PCL injury and, and that's does. That's the thing. I mean, I've done my preliminary research on it. I'm the furthest thing from a medical expert. But when I look it up, it's, it's, it depends on the grade. Yeah. Correct. One to three is if it's a you know mild grade one sprain. Uh, grade two would be, I think, three to six weeks or something yes, like that. That's correct. Um, and and uh, if it, anything more serious than that, they said for at professional athletes, it can be up to like eight weeks, honestly, uh, depending on their body and how their rehab is going. But it can be up to eight weeks for an injury like this. So there's a variety of the range. It just is depending on how serious is the injury. I mean, we've seen Lamar a couple of times since the injury. Uh, he's had a. I saw him Sunday after Saturday after the game in the locker room. He he had a noticeable limp to him. I, I can't deny that he definitely had a limp to him. Enough of a limp for me to say with enough certainty for myself that I did not think we would see him this week. Right. Not to say we won't see him again at all, but this week I felt like was a complete long shot just the way he looked in the locker room to me. Um, that said, I, I've never really questioned Lamar's work ethic. Yeah, I want to be clear on that, too. I want to be clear on that, too. I don't think that he's a dude. uh, You know, you hear people saying, well, he is um, potentially soft quitting or light, quiet quitting. I don't believe that for a second. And and, and to do that is so disrespectful for a guy who really works hard, who appears to be a complete competitor. And, you know, you're just coming to these conclusions because – 
I don't know why, but oh, because you think he because he, he wants to get paid. Well, we all know he wants to get paid, and and that's fine. But to act like Lamar is getting pennies on a dollar, is he getting his worth this year? Absolutely not. Let me be clear on that. But he's getting twenty four million dollars. Like, don't let's not act like he's not getting paid at all because he didn't get a contract signed. So for y'all to imply or speculate that he's soft quitting is so disrespectful to me because I'm going to tell you now, Cordell, if I'm soft quitting, I ain't going to stand out there in them sub um, frozen temperatures. You ain't going to have me standing out there and I ain't got to play either. I'm going to go ahead and and stand out there for a good 10 minutes and, and, and cheer my teammates on. Then I'm going back to the locker room and watching the rest of the game. I'm that's that's me. I but clearly I ain't a competitor, right? And so Lamar is. But let's move on from that because Lamar's not playing on Sad I'm on Sunday. The the Tyler Huntley led offense is. And J.K. Dobbins did come out and and admit, I mean, what you what we all knew is you know, after a certain after a certain part, you know, of of running, he's not a hundred percent. But you know what, Cordell, you know, him not being 100%, if this is what not 100% looks like, I'll still take it all day, any day. He's He's mm. been phenomenal since mm. he's come back. And, you know, we talked about this the first matchup a few weeks ago. Like, the, the, the Steelers' defense, obviously, well, they did not look good last week against the Raiders because Josh Jacobs had a, had a nice day. Um, And I'm not saying that they're going to replicate that again, but this offensive line has been very good in run uh, in, in run offense. So, you know, you would like to hope that the Ravens continue to stick to the game plan that they stuck with last week, which was Tyler Huntley throwing um, under 20 passes and having over 30 runs, um, designed runs. You would like to hope that they will continue that trend because ultimately it worked – Last week, it worked the first, well, running the ball worked the first time. And you want to kind of continue to see how vulnerable the Steelers' run defense is because they did not look like they've been looking the week before. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens had that, you know, gave the Steelers all they could handle on the ground the last time these two teams faced. J.K. Dobbins, 120 yards on the ground, only 15 carries, had a touchdown. That was his first game back from his uh, knee scope. So, you know, he looked explosive, and that's with J.K. not being at 100%. I think the formula is going to be the same thing in this game. Uh, you're going to mix what you did in that Steelers game and probably combine that with what you did in the Atlanta game and doubling up on your rush attempts to pass attempts. Had 34 rushes in the game to 17 passes. That's the recipe for success for Baltimore, um, to continue to ride this wave of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. That's, that's really all they have right now because his pass game is a crapshoot. Tyler Huntley, if he can kind of do what he did against Atlanta, but do it a little better and a little more efficient, um, and that is getting a couple big plays here and there, being able to throw a touchdown. More importantly, take care of the football. Tyler Huntley has had his uh, issues with turning the ball over this year, um, and he almost had a turnover in that Atlanta game with a fumble. But if he can take care of the ball and allow this run game mixed with the defense to go out there and win the game for them, they'll be okay. Um, he just has to play within himself. And I would in, I would uh, implore Greg Roman to not call as many quarterback design runs for Tyler Huntley as he did against Atlanta. This is not Lamar Wasting your breath, Frank. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. He, <laughs> he, 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 he listened to us a little bit this week. He, he ran, he stuck with the run 
uh, against the But if his QB runs is where yeah, he didn't no, listen. You see, that's why we got to be specific in, in, in our request. We, we got to be very specific because he's playing <laughs> with us right now. So, Greg Roman, if you're listening, I want I still want the run game. I just want a little less quarterback design runs. Uh, I, I, I like some of the motion sweeps that we saw, some of the uh, – that, well, they weren't even really using them, but they were using them as kind of a disguise or, or something like that. They had guys like Andy Isabella coming doing the jet sweep motions uh, that Devin Duvernay would do, but they didn't hand him the ball. Maybe give him the ball uh, once or twice this week and see what happens. He's got enough speed to hit the edge. He's not a big guy, but you never know. He may be able to outrun uh, that Steelers defense, but it, it definitely starts with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and really that offensive line, which has been flat-out dominant. They played their butts off the last time they faced uh, Pittsburgh. I know that defensive line is watching that tape and not happy with themselves, specifically Cam Hayward, who's going to be going up against rookie Tyler Linderbaum a lot. Um, so I, I would expect this, this Steelers front to try to show up a lot more than they did the first time, but ultimately I think that the Ravens are probably the best in the league when it comes to just playing smash mouth football and they should go out there and try to do just that against this Pittsburgh defense again. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think that you have to impose your will on, on them um, and do the best that you can in that regard and get <clears throat> high percentage throws, high percentage throws, high percentage throws, like continue to do those things. Continue to keep Mark Andrews outside, dog. Like it, it works. The play that he had last week, you know, in the past, the Mark Andrews was was great. Now, what we did see was Mark Andrews be frustrated in terms of, you know, he was finding ways to get open. And he simply just couldn't do it. Um, well, well, couldn't well not couldn't do it. He just simply would not look in the way of Mark Andrews, who was winning his matchups. And I get the frustration of Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews does has to understand is that you know Tyler is a different guy, and Lamar absolutely is going to try to look for Mark Andrews first. But Huntley is is may not you know and and maybe you know in terms of like his arm strength throwing to that side of the field might not have been beneficial for him i don't know what it was it just feels like he favors his right side a little bit more in terms of throwing and so i hope that he can look at andrews a little bit more this week because if they're going to continue to put him outside he's winning the matchups based on the fact that he's taller than everybody that's defending him so physical and more physical. So you want to get him involved. But, you know, I, and so I understood the frustration 110%. I just hope that they've had those communications this week and that they can find some ways. Look, if you if it's up to me, just let the tight ends do all the work this week. That's That's what I would do. I would have the tight ends put in some work. I would have the running backs have a day. And that's the way to me, you know, yes, you can get the wide receivers involved, of course, but I really love the matchup of having Mark Andrews on the outside because I do think that it's a mismatch no matter how you try to spill it. So if the Ravens can continue to do that, I definitely think that, number one, the time possession that they love to have so much goes in their favor. And number two, I think that these are some mismatches that you can argue it's beneficial for them to finding a way to get a win. So that that's how I think. Look, J.K. Dobbins, they claim that he doesn't have a pitch count. Well, I need y'all to prove it to me. Give him more than 15 I mean, yards if he don't have a pitch count. Give Gus yet, more than 15 yards. Yeah, he just I had, mean, 15 carries. I'm he, sorry. He, I look, he didn't I have think, a carry. Right. He didn't, he didn't have a carry after the third quarter. Like, if he's not on a pitch count, that's got to change. And I mean, I understand Gus Edwards being the closer. Gus Edwards right. was 
clearly the guy that was in a groove on Saturday against Atlanta. I have no issues with Gus Edwards being the closer. But I think there's enough carries for both of these guys to be more involved than they have been. I mean, even with as good as Gus Edwards was, he had the same amount of carries as Tyler Huntley. Granted, three of those carries for Tyler Huntley were nailed down. So Tyler Huntley had eight carries in the game. Gus Edwards with 11 for 99 yards and, and J.K. with 12. Like, it's enough carries to go around. They take down some of those quarterback design runs for Gus Edwards and J.K. to at least get three to four more carries each. I agree. So, um, Giro, if you're listening, stop eliminating J.K. Dobbins in the fourth quarter. Just because you believe that Gus is the Felix Bautista of this team doesn't mean that Felix Bautista don't need a day off sometimes. You know what right. I'm saying? You can share the wealth. Go ahead and move it around a little bit. Get both guys involved. And, and my concern, too, um, Cordell, is that because what you'll start seeing eventually is, like, J.K. not getting the um, chunk of carries that he normally gets, like, in the first half of the game is why we start to see less of him and more Gus. And I just think that that's a little unfair. And I hope that the Ravens figure out a way um, to, to, to keep JK involved, particularly at the end of games, because it's important. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we get into our second segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new show, you will be the first one to receive it. All right, so we've talked in depth about this offense. We talked about Lamar Jackson because we needed to have that conversation, right? It's the talk of the town. Had to, We had to get that one off. Um, so let's switch it to the defense. And you mentioned in the first segment, Cordell, that John Harbaugh, this is is what he does. He doesn't tell people what is going on. And one of the things that we have not heard about is Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters. And um, I, listen, I am concerned just as much about Calais Campbell as I am about Lamar Jackson. At least I know that Lamar Jackson has some type of spring. I am not 100% sure exactly what Calais' situation is or how long, you know, how severe it is or anything. I feel like I know nothing, that I'm completely in the dark about what exactly is going on with Calais as well as Marcus Peters. You know how I feel about Calais Campbell in terms of what he is to this run defense. He is the anchor. He is the alpha. He is what they need. And I'm not saying that the team is, 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 doesn't do well without him. I'm not saying that, but he absolute they're much better absolutely with him. And so you have to assume that this is going to be yet another week 
that we won't be seeing um, Calais, which is an issue because the, the Steelers have been running the ball pretty well. Add to the fact that, you know, you have a situation now where, you know, we are down one cornerback, albeit we've discussed Marcus Peters' struggles at nauseum this season. He's still a veteran body that I feel like is an important piece of what this defense can do. And it looks as if he doesn't play as well, there's two guys that I feel like could potentially make this an interesting matchup against the Steelers offense, who at times do struggle. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact of, you know, Kenny Pickett's inexperience, but Pickett has absolutely played well in, in, in critical moments, particularly last week against the Raiders, um, going down that field at the end of the game and winning it, um, you know, in dead cold weather. So we've seen him play hero ball before, and I'm just curious to know how this is all going to play out um, against uh, a Ravens team missing their two guys. Before you speak on that, though, I do want to acknowledge that the Raiders, I think they're 32nd in defense, so they're not that good, okay? I get it. But when it comes to divisional games, I just feel like a lot of times statistics kind of go out the door. They definitely do. I mean, especially in Ravens-Steelers matchups, you know, you never know what can happen. Anything can be the reason why one of these teams win. And ultimately, I said it in the first matchup, it was going to come down to which defense made the most impact plays that in that, in that game, it turned out to be the Ravens. Thanks to Mitch Trubisky throwing the three interceptions. Uh, and I'll say it again this time, it, it's going to come down to which defense makes the impact plays, which defense force wins the turnover battle. Um, and with assuming Kenny Pickett is going to be able to play this whole game, that worries me a little bit because he has done a pretty good job of taking care of the football um, and the Ravens, while they were able to get that fruit punch from Marlon last week, the, you know, the week before they didn't have any turnovers. This is a team that's still, I think, tied for third in the NFL in terms of turnover differential. Um, but the turnovers and the sack numbers have kind of gone down these last couple of weeks. So that's the one thing that concerns me a little bit. Can they get back to getting pressure on the quarterback? We haven't seen much of Justin Houston. Uh, Justin Houston played 30-something snaps this past week, didn't even register a tackle. So and he hasn't had a sack in the last four games. So maybe it's a little bit of fatigue for him kind of wearing down. You remember earlier in the year, he played a ton of snaps, way too many snaps, if you ask me. Um, and as the season has gone on, that has kind of tempered down a little bit. Uh, but he has dealt with a couple of nagging injuries a little bit here and there. So you, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but they're going to need him to kind of get back to being the force that he has been for most of the season, especially if Calais Campbell isn't going to be there because we know about what Calais does in the run game. But he's also a part of this pass rush too, you know, getting pressure up the middle of that interior defensive line. So um, I, I do think that the Ravens are going to try to come out and do what they always do, try to out-physical you, try to force you into some mistakes, try to put some pressure on you. Um, but I do wonder – you know, the, the Falcons were able to have a pretty decent day on the ground against the Ravens last week without Calais. I mean, I, I'm a little worried about whether or not Najee Harris, who didn't have a good day the last time that these two teams played. I think Najee was held to 33 yards on the ground. Um, I, I would imagine Najee's probably going to have a little bit of a better day better. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> this week. Yeah. Uh, assuming Calais Campbell isn't going to be out there. Marcus Peters, like you said, Marcus Peters hasn't been the Marcus Peters that we all know, but he is still a turnover machine. He's been involved 
and quite a few turnovers. I don't think it's a coincidence that the turnovers have gone up this year as opposed to last year. Obviously, a lot of the guys that were hurt last year are back this year. But Marcus Peters is probably the biggest one of them all, you know, in terms of turnovers. If there's a turnover on this defense, odds are Marcus Peters is somehow involved. Um, so with him not being on the field, you lose that ball hawk. You lose one of your playmakers on the back end of this defense. So um, they'll have to find a way to replace that. Last week I was okay with Brandon Stevens being out there because they went up against a more of a run-heavy team in Atlanta. You, I, I didn't mind Brandon Stevens being that big-body corner on the outside to, to get in there and help and run support. But this week, considering the receivers that the Steelers have, George Pickens, who had a pretty good day the last time these two teams played, Deontay Johnson, who also had a pretty good day the last time they played, um, you, I, I want probably a little more coverage on the field this week against these guys because even Pat Fryer moved Najee Harris out of the backfield at times. You know, they, they've got some weapons out there. Um, so th I think that the Ravens defense is going to have to yet again, and it may, I keep saying it, I don't think it's a recipe for sustained success, but yet again, this Ravens defense is going to be relied on to make to make probably the biggest plays for this team in this game and potentially have to score a touchdown or two because we don't know if the offense is going to be able to put up many points. Yeah, and, and this is this may be a very important game for a guy like Kyle Hamilton that can do numerous things, right? He can play linebacker, but he also can be in coverage in certain situations. So, again, now you're in a situation where you don't have your, sec your second-best corner, albeit he struggled this year, your second-best corner, your top corner, um, while he's not giving up touchdowns, uh, Marlowe has struggled in coverage. Um, you know, we saw Drake London give him a little bit of the business and, you know, some other guys previously. So uh, you you need to find someone that's going to help get over what you're missing. Um, and so we already know how this might go. Brandon Stevens might have a long day. You know what I mean? Um, the good thing is, is like, you know, Marcus Williams being back helps a lot of those things. And look, you might have to run. Um, if you are confident, if you're confident in your front, you know, even without Calais Campbell, and you think that you can hold them down in terms of the run game, you might have to play, you know, more nickel. You might have to do, you know, you might have to run certain coverages to help you, you know, do that. But the first thing is you have to find a way to get to the quarterback. And you mentioned that earlier. I don't know what's happened to this pass rush. It is literally just like we got to put it on a milk carton because I don't know where it's been. It's missing. And so they have to find a way to get back to what they were doing in terms of rushing the passer. It has really struggled. And with Calais being out, even though it's not like he has, has been a guy that was getting a ton of sacks, he's so disruptive on the line and it allows so many guys to, to it's it's flexibility to allow guys to kind of get up in there and make some moves. So now you're you're missing one of your top players on, on the line and you struggled, you know, and even before Calais went out, there was a little bit of struggle, but now it's really starting to look like that they, that they're missing him on multiple fronts for multiple reasons. So, you really have to find a way to not allow Pickett to get a rhythm, it, you know. And look, he's a rookie, but he has he has really matured as the weeks have gone on. So don't let him get comfortable. I saw you let Ritter get comfortable, and that was so embarrassing to me because the week before he only had ninety seven yards, and you allowed this man to throw for plus two hundred yards, 
and you got lucky. It probably should have been a little bit more than that because there were some plays that, you know, got called that should have been, you know, catches. And mm -hmm. then the fact that you're not good enough to have, there were guys open too. You know what I mean? So I don't listen. If the Falcons can give the Ravens defense some issue, what am I to believe in terms of the, the Steelers defense who do have good players on their offense are going to do? And that's the concern that I have when you're down two guys, one that is extremely important and one whose experience and value can be important in situations like these. So it, it's funny because I feel like I'm talking, I'm beating myself to death with saying the same thing because I feel like this is going to be the third week in a row, Cordell, that I'm going to say the same thing. But guess what? I'm going to say it until it happens. And this game can be put in place if you find a way to keep Kenny Pickett from being comfortable. That means getting pressure on the quarterback. Get back to that. I don't know mm -hmm. how that's gotten lost, but you need to find a way to get back to having pressure. And I don't look, I know that we were talking about a job. I don't see this being the week that he comes out and play. And even if he does, it's probably not going to be more than a couple of snaps. So I don't expect anything from that. So the other guys that have been there, JPP and Justin Houston, find a way to make some disruption, find a way to wreck some havoc, because that is going to be the key to keep him uncomfortable. So then that the other guys won't be able to get, off and be able to, uh, you know, contribute to this this passing game. Totally agree. Um, it's going to take. Last time these two teams played, the linebackers had a great day. They Roe did. Carson yes, had an interception. Couple, uh, quite a few tackles. Patrick Queen had an interception. Quite a few tackles. Um, I think that second level is going to be important because Kenny Pickett doesn't really look to push the ball too far down the field too often. He'll take a couple of shots, as we saw. Took that shot to George Pickens that he made and Deontay Johnson, both against Marlon Humphrey. Um, so I want to see if Marlon, who struggled against these bigger body receivers over the last couple of weeks, George Pickens being one of them, how often are they going to go back to that matchup? And how is Marlon going to fare? I would imagine Marlon's going to be up for the challenge, uh, but so are they. <laughs> you know, these are all professional athletes out there. They're all going to be giving it their best. But I do think that the second level is going to be very important in this game because Kenny Pickett is going to look to target that short to intermediate area when he does throw the ball more times than not. And I know that they were picking off Mitchell Trubisky last time, but hey, maybe they could find a way to get to to uh, Pickett this week. But that's going to, like you said, pressure is going to have to be a part of that. Najee Harris, you know, you got to find a way to limit him. Najee is so good, and this offensive line isn't great by any means. Uh, Najee does a great job of making the most out of little. So they're going to have to wrap up. They're going to have to actually tackle this guy for four quarters because whether he's involved in the run game or the pass game, they're going to find ways to get him involved. Um, you just don't want to fall asleep against this Pittsburgh defense and I mean offense. And what scares me is, like you said, last week Desmond Ritter, who had 90-something, 90 97 passing yards the week before the Ravens game, goes out there and throws over 200 yards against this Ravens team. It could have been a lot more had he been more accurate. Um, and one of the things that I saw the Atlanta do with Desmond Ritter, I think that the Steelers are going to do with Kenny Pickett. That's mo move him around out of the pocket, get him on some bootlegs, allow him to change yeah. the pocket on and move outside to get him more comfortable. Uh, the Ravens really struggled with that last week against Desmond Ritter. He had all day to throw the ball. Yep every time that he peeled out of the pocket. So if Ritter, if, if Pickett's going to do that, 
it could be a long day for them because that's going to mean these DBs are going to have to run a lot more with these receivers, uh, especially to the to the outside numbers of the field. Um, they, they got some guys that can really run. I mean, we already mentioned George Pickens, Deontay can run. Even Steven Sims in the slot can run. So uh, they're going to have to really be disciplined on the back end, but I think that the Ravens are going to have to find unique ways to try to get this kid uncomfortable because you don't want him to come out there and be the one that beats you, especially considering he does such a good job of taking care of the football. Absolutely, and and I agree with that. And um, they definitely need to find a way to not allow the Ritter curse to continue because that is very possible if they don't find um, some type of way to get this guy uncomfortable and not let him get into a rhythm. And the, the weather is going to be 42 degrees on Sunday night. That's the low. The low is 42 degrees. So I don't want to hear about no tackling, no mistackling. I can understand last Saturday where it was – Cold is an understatement. Freezing is an understatement. I mean, it was that it, that's the type of cold, man. You just don't want to do nothing but lay in the bed all day last week. So I can understand how, you know, last week nobody wanted to tackle nobody. The weather ain't going to be an issue, okay? It ain't going to be raining, nothing. So you better get out there and you better make some tackles. I swear I don't want to hear no excuses. None, none, none. You have zero. None. <laughs> and that's Agreed. all I got to say about that. <laughs> All right, before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what exactly are you waiting for? Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button so that every time Cordell and I talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to receive it. Okay, Cordell, dun, 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 dun. I, I dread this segment because, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm a little gun shy now at this point. It's like, <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to pick. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so this is the segment where we choose who will win the football game. Now, we know that the Bengals play Buffalo on Monday night. I know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything for this game, but it does in terms of there's two teams that's fighting for something. One team fighting for seeding, another team just fighting to get in, period. So both teams have reason to fight for this game. Um, and so I just – I'm concerned because I, I know what a Mike Tomlin team that's that's fighting looks like. I've seen it too many times. And you have to wonder if this team, meaning the Baltimore Ravens, are comfortable enough with just saying, well, we're in. So, you know, that's what it is. So what do you see in this matchup and how do you see it faring? I think this is going to be the typical Ravens-Stillers type of game, just like we said in the first one. Um, I do think that the Steelers are going to put up more of a fight this time. They're still in the playoff hunt. Mike Tomlin has, if you noticed over the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> Mike Tomlin has really been more energetic uh, with his team. I mean, and for, for rightfully so. They're 5-2 and two in their last seven games. Um, the vibe is a lot different. I think this team is starting to play the way he wants them to play. And albeit they're still not great, they still don't have a ton of talent. But I, I think he likes the way that his guys are going out there and competing right now, and he's feeding off that energy. And in turn, they're feeding off that as well. Um, it worries me a little bit. This game getting flexed to primetime. You listen to those guys talk a little bit this week. They sound like they're the ones that are kind of like really excited for this game. Like they, they really sound up 
for this one. Um, I still believe that the Ravens will ultimately be able to win the game because I just think that the run game is going so well for them right now. Uh, the defense is peaking kind of at the right time. Uh, I, I'm still going to go Baltimore. I, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game again, although a little higher than it was last time. I'm going to say 20 to 16 this week, Ravens. Um, I think that some of these runs do turn into touchdowns. I think this will be the week where J.K. and Gus Edwards both get to get pay dirt uh, this week in the end zone. Um, and I do think that this defense ends up doing just enough to give them the win, maybe even getting that late-game sack, late-game turnover that they desperately need to kind of turn the tie. But I do think it's going to be uh, still – a game even once we get into the fourth quarter and Pittsburgh is going to put up a fight and it'll be a call here a call there that may change the the landscape of this game uh but I do think that the Ravens end up winning I can't shake the fact that I have always felt that this series would be split I want to shake it but I can't um and you already mentioned their record down the stretch you know, the Steelers, and it's very hard for me to shake it. Now, um, originally, I thought that it would be the Ravens would win their game at home and the Steelers would win their game at home. Obviously, we know that the Ravens won the first matchup, but it just feels like one team is playing well and then one team is just playing you know, I mean, that's just kind of – I'm not saying that the Ravens aren't trying. I'm not saying – Which, know which the, team is which? <laughs> I, I think that the Steelers – I'm not saying that they're playing – I don't want to say playing well because I don't think that the game against the Raiders was a good game, but I also have to be cognizant yeah. of the weather, you know. Um, right. I also have to be cognizant uh, of the weather. So, I, But, you know, even with that, even with the weather, they still found a way to scrap it out and win that football game. Very, very late in the game. Um, so I am just, I can't shake it, though. I, I, and the flexing of it all, like, it just feels like potentially this is like a setup. I can't shake the feeling that it's a setup. I would love to be wrong, Cordell. Um, I just think that the Ravens right now, I just don't, I don't know what they got. What's going on here? Like, I don't, you know, every week we have to sit here and beg for them to do the right thing. And so I don't know if that necessarily means they're going to continue to do the right thing. You're telling me that this guy's not on the pitch count, but then when you look at his carries, it looks like he's on a pitch count. I don't know what to think coming with this and having two of your biggest defensive players not be there really bothers me. I don't think it's going to be any blowout because it's never going to be like that. They didn't even blow them out, you know, when they didn't have anybody that was playing last year. Right. You know what I'm saying? It went into overtime um, for that one. So I am going to say that I think that Pittsburgh finds a way to win this one um, because they want to try to keep their hopes alive in the playoff race. And I, I have the score being 19-14. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to argue with that. And to be honest, I don't feel great about my pick. I want to throw that disclaimer out there. I really don't feel great about my pick. Uh, I think at the start of the season, we both said that the Ravens and Steelers would split this series. And yep. I think I, I thought that the Ravens would lose in Pittsburgh and win at home. Uh, they obviously won in Pittsburgh. So maybe this will be different. And yeah, like I said, I mean, everything is, telling me in my gut that the Steelers are going to win this game. 
it's more so logically i'm just i'm and i'm too close to the situation i think but um i think i'm looking at it a little a little too logically and like is things that the ravens do better than the steelers to the point sure. where it should be enough to win the game but yeah. ultimately the intangibles of it all uh it it, it Everything is telling me to go Pittsburgh in this one. So I really would not be shocked if the Steelers come out there and win this game and look good doing it, you know, because yeah. they're in a little bit of a groove. Um, they're they're the ones that's right now kind of got nothing to lose. Hey, we're, you know, nobody expected us to even have to to even be close to a winning record yet. Here we are, not only possibly uh, with the opportunity to get back to 500, but to still possibly sneak into the playoffs, which could happen because they, I think they need the dolphins to lose. And we see what's going on out there to us. Heard again, Teddy Bridgewater in at quarterback. It wasn't great. The last time Teddy had to fill in and the dolphins have been stinking as of late. Um, And they also need straight. Yeah. And I, I, maybe even five, I got to look, but yeah, four or five straight right now. And then you got the jets. Uh, I think they need the Jets to also lose. That could definitely happen. I'd get Mike White is back at the quarterback, uh, the starting quarterback position now, but it's the Jets. I don't yeah. buy anything that they do until I see it happen. So they have a legit role uh, to kind of sneak in there. And I think they need other things to happen. Obviously, the Patriots probably need to lose too, who also stink right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, they they could come out motivated to play. And if nothing else, the fact that they're put on prime time, you know, this game was flexed. The Ravens have you've kind of got the vibe from the Ravens as like, why is this game flexed? I don't know why it's flexed. I wish. Yeah, they, Patrick Queen was one of the people that said that. Yeah, like you, you kind of get, but then when you go and listen to the Steelers talk, it's like, great. I'm happy this game got flexed. I want to be on prime time. I want this game uh, on Sunday night. Like they seem more energetic about this game right now than Baltimore does. And Baltimore's got a lot of off-the-field drama that's circling this team right now. It's, as you know, they, they've already clinched a playoff spot. They may go in a little bit of a cruise control mode. We've seen them do that in various games this year where they kind of let their opponents sneak up on them and steal the game from them. So, I mean, would it shock me if Pittsburgh finds a way to win? No, but I'm just more so going with the fact that this is still a John Harbaugh-led team. Um, this is still stellar week. I, I think he's going to get try to get his guys ready to play to the best of their ability. I hope that you're absolutely right. And you mentioned the Dolphins. I just wanted to point out that they play the Patriots this weekend. And as uh, of right now, um, they are, the Patriots are literally right behind the Dolphins um, to, right. to have that spot. So if somehow the Patriots win, it becomes a little bit more murky. Um, and it, the they're new they're in New England as well. So. Um, just something to watch moving forward. So, um, Ravens proving wrong, man. I mean, look, I don't feel, I don't like saying stuff like this. Um, you know, but I feel like that that's what's going to happen. I think it's, I think I mentioned, um, uh, before the season started that I found the Ravens to win, I think, um, 10 or 11 games. And I feel like that they're on the, the, the trending way of doing that. So if you get, so if you find a way to win this game, that's one more opportunity of you trying to win the AFC North. I feel like you have just as much to, to ride for as the Steelers do because their chances are way more slim than yours. Um, obviously, um, but got to fight for it. But I just, I don't feel good about it, but I would love to be wrong about this game. I would love to be wrong. So 
well, there see, you have it. We will find out. It's been a while since we've been on opposite ends of the uh, of the pick. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens this time. Yep, absolutely. So Cordell got his Steelers, uh, um, uh, his Ravens pick, excuse me. I'm the one that yeah. got the Steelers pick. I'm trying to put it on you. <laughs> so uh, we will see who wins. And I really hope it's Cordell that does because I don't want to be right about it. But, you know, it, it, sometimes you can't shake a feeling. And, and that's where I'm at. I can't shake it. So uh, we will find out Sunday, 8 20 p.m. Um, Sunday night football. We will see how that happens and how that goes. And hopefully the Ravens come out with a win. Thank you guys, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your support every single time. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.